rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Your name is to be praised and glorified. Thank you, Lord, for your people, your children over here. Father, I trust and believe you, Lord, that uh, as the faces are, even the needs are different. And Father, you can reach everyone right here. And Father, they'll live loaded full, loaded with your benefits for today. And give you the praise, Lord. And that which the enemy intended to do, you can take it all up and may, turn it around and make it a blessing to your people. Thank you, Father. Because you're still the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are a God of great and pleasant surprises. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please, you may be seated. Thank you very much, uh, Pastor Kinlabi, for having me here. Well, it's a pleasure for me to be here, and uh, God's really been good. Amen? Is God wonderful to you? Uh, well, um, you know, my wife uh, couldn't be here, and she wanted me to give greetings to, greetings to everyone. And uh, let me just get this out of the way. Well, uh, I just uh, I have um, my book. We came out not that long ago here. Uh, so let me just introduce that, and uh, you can get it right after the service. It's titled Inspiration on the Go, uh, Lessons in Life and Faith for the 20, 21st Century. And uh, you've got uh, some wonderful, exciting uh, uh, teachings and materials in there. For example, Wake Up and Get Going, How to Make the Dream God Gave You Come tr uh, True, uh, Understanding the Truth About Generational Curses, uh, Freedom from Fear, and a host of other things. So... I'm told you have a, a resource place here. You'll be able to get that. And, of course, uh, I do have, uh, you know, I think a few CDs that are also available or MP3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Well, I'm so thankful I'm here this morning. Even I can't wait to hear what I'm going to talk about. Um, well, because God's here. Amen? It's not so much because of myself. And so I'm not going to waste that much time or anything like that. And uh, I trust you do have your Bibles here. I really like the theme, you know, that I saw, which is accelerate. You know, God is a God that really knows how to accelerate. Isn't that true? Are you accelerating or decelerating? Are you just coasting along? No, we are accelerating, aren't we? All right, do you have your Bibles here? Well, let's go ahead and grab our Bibles. I know some of you probably have uh, uh, your iPhone, your phone, somebody's phone or whatever. <laughs> My wife is kind of more of the techie person in that area. Well, she finally got me an iPad, but um, I really still like my Bible. You see, I've been, uh, this Bible and I, we've been working together for about say, 12, 15 years. And, you know, just like a good old friend, just because you have new friends, you don't discard the old ones, do you? And so, and we've worked together. At times, while I'm trying to get somewhere, it really helps me to get there faster. So uh, I've just kind of loved to stick with this Bible and... Uh, just been a blessing. So do we have our Bibles here? All right, why don't you grab a hold of your Bible and say this after me. This is my Bible. Oh, no, no, no. That was rather weak. I'm sure you can do a whole lot better than that. All right, let's do that again. This is my Bible. It is God's word to me. I am everything he says I am. I can do everything he says I can do. Today I'm going to receive the word of God. My heart is receptive and open to receive wisdom, counsel, might, understanding, and all that I need for this season of my life. I believe to receive the bestness of my life. I'm not behind me, but right in front of me. I'm walking in them. 
I'm going from glory to glory. Victory to victory. Success to success. My life stands up as a monument of praise to the goodness of the Lord. All that God has called and raised me to accomplish. I will accomplish by his power and ability. And with long life. Well, let's do that again. With long life. And good health. The Lord satisfies me. And shows me his salvation. Abraham's blessings are mine. I'm blessed in the morning. I'm blessed at night time. And every time in between. I am blessed to be a blessing. God is so good. And rich unto me. He even takes my mistakes, turns them around, makes them a big blessing unto me. I'm a blessing to my family. I'm a blessing to my generation. I'm a blessing to this church. From this assembly is sounding forth the good and powerful word of God, reaching into the city, country and beyond, touching and bringing in hungry hearts, to experience the fullness of God and to enjoy the inheritance in Christ. I'm a part of this heavenly vision. One more time, I'm a part of this heavenly vision. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 5. Luke up chapter 5. And um, I've just titled this, You Can Accelerate to the Top. Oh, well, God is a God. You know, He's the one that brings promotion, upliftment. He is the one that can take you from wherever you are. In fact, he took uh, a sheep herder, fellow who was following sheep all over the wilderness, backside of the desert, and took him and made him a king. King of his people. Hallelujah. Well, is that still the same God that we have today? Well, I want to ask, is he your God? Are you sure? And let me ask it a different way. Is he your father? Does he care about you? Does he love you? You know, that's something I found out. You know, there are people all over the place, not just in the country here. I see, you know, they believe God can do anything. God can do this and that. God can heal. God can do this. But when it comes down to it, will he do it for you? See, then you kind of get some kind of hesitation. You get people, you know, start wondering, well, Bible tells us God, in fact, what Jesus was saying, is that God is like a good father, except he's way better. He said, which of you having, you know, uh, having children, if they ask you for bread, we'll give them a stone. If they ask you, you know, for fish, you'll give them a serpent. So if you're being evil, you know, even evil natural people are like that. They know how to give good things to their children. He said, if you're being natural or evil or whatever, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? So what is it telling us? God is like a very good father, except he's way better. Isn't that true? Hallelujah. Now, so I want us to turn here to Luke chapter 5. We're going to be reading a story here about somebody. And I'm sure it has to do with healing and all that, but the same principle applies everywhere. And one of the things I come to find out, you know, people, the Bible says we're members of the household of faith. And for some reason, when it comes to believing God, uh, people just have all kinds of ways and difficulties about it. 
kind of reminds me of a story of some two friends who said about accomplishing a project. And when they began, they ran into some problems. And the one friend said, well, let us pray. And the other person said, well, has it come to that? You know, the way some people are, when it comes to prayer, it's like, oh my goodness, you mean I have to believe God. Listen, if you are a child of God, the Bible says we are believers. Well, what do believers do? Hello? What do believers do? Yeah. You don't have to teach or tell a believer to believe. That's who they are. The same way you don't have to try to teach a fish how to swim. A fish you put in water, it's going to swim. See, the believing is part of our nature. You know, you drive on the highway here, you're running some problems, you know, and you may probably see a sign that tells you diversion. You see, ah, oh, diversion. Or something, or they may probably tell you maybe there's an accident way off, you cannot see, and there's a diversion. When you get there, you don't say, oh, I know those politicians are at it again. They're just trying to con us. They're just trying to lie to us and everything. In fact, what do you do? You believe it, and you act accordingly. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So we're going to be reading a story here about a man here who was bedridden. This man, I call him a man with, this man with four crazy friends. Well, everybody needs four crazy friends. Uh, do you have four crazy friends who care about you? Hallelujah. Who can help you when you are down? Who can put their arms around your shoulder and help you get to the top that you need to get to? Hallelujah. Well, right here in Luke chapter 5, this story incidentally is also, of course, right there in Matthew chapter 9 and in uh, Mark chapter 2. But I'm going to be reading here from Luke chapter 5. From verse uh, uh, 17, it says, Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come from every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and were told, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. Say so what? The power of the Lord was present to heal. In fact, the same account, uh, Matthew's account in Matthew chapter 9 tells us that Jesus, when he got back to his own house. So really, this was, you know, where Jesus, his own house here in Capernaum. In fact, Matthew chapter 9 verse 1 says, So he got into the boat, crossed over to the other, uh, crossed over and came to his own city. And we're told, behold, they brought to him a paralytic. So right here, and the same story here. He gets back home, and we're told he entered the house. So the implication is, well, this is where he stayed. Hallelujah. Are you with me? You know, usually, you know, people again and again, you know, since they travel quite a bit, you know, they just have this idea that they're living in really desperate, miserable times. Quite all right. The times are desperate and all that. But they also kind of have this idea that, oh, we are living in uh, horrible times. I wish I lived back in the days of Jesus. See, and people would be talking, people say that, you know, I wish I lived back in the days of Jesus. Because if Jesus was around and I knew where he lived, I know I'll get to his house. I will talk to him. Whatever my problem is, he'll fix it. If I need money, he'll fix all my issues. See, when people talk like that, really they're talking from this side of the cross. See, back there where Jesus lived, they didn't know him to be the son of God like you and I. In fact, the way I like to see that, he didn't go about with this golden halo around him like you have in many Sunday school materials. You know, that this visible golden halo that he had that people could see. See, 
Uh, nobody wants to persecute anybody that has a golden halo like that around them. Nobody. No, but, but you see, people saw him like, uh, you know, a peasant, a prophet. In fact, some people saw him as a troublemaker. You see, in fact, the Bible tells us uh, there was really nothing remarkable about his physical looks. It says when we saw him, there was no beauty that we should desire him. That's what the Bible says. And so, really, and, and uh, uh, Romans tells us, don't say in your heart who will descend into the abyss to bring up Christ again, or who will ascend into heaven to bring him down. No! But what does it say? It says the word is nigh you, near you, in your heart and in your mouth, on your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith that is preached. In other words, you can connect with God yourself and whatever you need Jesus to show up to do for you, you can experience it in your life without necessarily wanting to see Jesus physically. Hallelujah. Now, so people have this idea again and again and, uh, you know, Jesus just went out there and as it were, we just promiscuously heal people. You know, just heal anybody. In fact, you read in uh, John chapter 5, he entered a place and the whole place was packed full of all kinds of sick people. You read it there, John chapter 5, by the pool of Bethesda. And at the end of it, he only healed one person and left the whole people. Just one person. See, people just have this idea, well, Jesus just went out there and healed people. No, that's not the way he did it. I said, that's not the way he did it. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? All right. Then... At times also, you know, uh, I'll ask people and I'll say, the Bible says, for instance, the works that Jesus did, we will do, and greater works. And I'll ask people, that, so what kind of works did Jesus do? And people usually will tell me, you know, he healed the sick, he cast out devils, and, uh, you know, they just, you know, he healed the lepers and all of that. But you see, it's always one of the things I've always found out Regardless of what happens to you, always ask yourself, what does the Word of God say? See, the Word of God tells us His ways are not our ways, His thoughts are not our thoughts. Hallelujah. Always find out what does the Word say. In fact, uh, I, I remember hearing sometime about fighter pilots. That the way, one of the first things when they're training fighter pilots, that they will put them in the aircraft... And then the trainer will go with this person to be trained and they'll go so far, way high in the clouds, way beyond the clouds, up there. And then they will spin the plane. That One of these things they do, they spin the plane in several different directions and then the plane will be stopped. And then they'll say to the trainer, what direction is up? They'll spin it all kinds of ways. And they say, what direction is up? And then while the trainer is busy trying to figure out, when he gives his answer, maybe that direction, the direction, the trainer said to him, listen, you look at your instrument. Your instrument would always tell you what side is up. You can't look out the window to find out what side is up. It's the same thing in life. When you go through all kinds of issues in life and all of that, look at this, your instrument. It will tell you what side is up, what side you need to go. Hallelujah. You see, I tell you people many times, even if you can quote the scriptures, check it out. <laughs> I tell you, just by doing that, there are tremendous things that you will come to learn. You see, again, again, the Bible tells us, you know, the works that Jesus did, we will do. And even greater works. Before we go to the greater works, what are the works? In fact, you read here 
You read here in uh, John chapter 5. In fact, let's read a little bit right there from verse 15. We're told, however, the report went about concerning him. All the more, great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their what? Diseases. Verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching. Do you realize Jesus spent a lot of time? He will teach. He will preach. In fact, turn with me quickly here. Don't lose your place right there in uh, 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 Luke chapter 5. Turn with me right here to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. See, when you have a question about the Bible, the Bible will answer that question for you. In Matthew chapter 4, Matthew 4, right here in verse 23, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and doing what? Healing. Listen, those are the works of Jesus. What is it? Teaching, preaching, and what? See, those are the things the Bible calls the works of Jesus. Teaching, Preaching and healing. In fact, when you go through the gospel accounts and check about Jesus, he spent more time doing teaching, preaching, and healing. As teaching and preaching than even the healing. That's what I meant to say. He spent more time doing that. See, most people, when they come to God, it's like, oh, oh Jesus, just heal me. There were times Jesus was healing people. I mean, we'll start out just healing people. But the norm was that when he will get somewhere, he will begin to do what? To teach and preach. What is teaching? He begins to explain people. To people. The preaching is proclaiming and motivating people into action. Hallelujah. He said, he, Jesus, we went about all Galilee teaching in the synagogues, Preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing. And that usually was the order he will do it. Hallelujah. In fact, you come here to verse uh, chapter 9 of the same Matthew. Chapter 9 in, in Matthew. Listen to verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages doing what? Teaching in the synagogues. And doing what? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And doing what? Healing. You see, most people that I find out they have problems, they have issues, they're not interested in hearing anything. They just come, God, just zap me. Just, just pray me. Just, just pray for me. Just, just do something. See, you're putting the car before the horse. Hallelujah. Some people just have this idea, if I can just make contact with the power, all my problems will be solved. Do you realize there is power right here? In fact, in every sick room in the city, there is God there. And there's power there because God is there. Just because you make contact with the power doesn't mean the power will work in your life. Do you realize that woman with the issue of blood who said, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. Well, we have the story there in Mark chapter 5. That woman fought through the crowd and taught Jesus. And we're told Jesus was being thronged by everybody. But how many people got healed that we know? She was the only one, just one person. Yet everybody was touching the power. There was somebody probably had a curiosity to touch. Say, well, ah, is this the man they call Jesus? Ah, let me feel ah, nice stuff, or nice material, good silk, and all that. But they didn't get anything. That's all they got. Amongst there were throngs. 
pressing to touch Jesus. They were making contact with the power, yet only one person got healed. Hallelujah. See, one of the things you have to learn, I come to find out, put emphasis where God puts the emphasis. Don't put emphasis on what you think. See, that's why in reading the Bible and studying the Word of God, it is to change our thinking to think the way God thinks. See, for example, the works of Jesus, people say, well, healing and all that, it's healing and all that is important. But where God's concerned, it is teaching, what? Preaching and doing what? And healing. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? All right. I also want to show you something here. You're right there in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. For example, Jesus had two blind people come to him. They met him. And these two blind people, for example, here in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, Jesus departed from there. Two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy upon us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and said, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe I'm able to do this? Did you, do you understand that question? In other words, blind men are just going about, Jesus, have mercy upon us. As a matter of fact, if you really read the full context, they left from Jairus' house where Jesus had healed Jairus' daughter and they were going with Jesus all the way to when Jesus entered the city into this house. Have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. The master didn't even pay them any attention. Have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. And finally, by the time they get to the master, the master says to them, do you believe I'm able to do this? In other words, another way of saying that, do you believe I have the power to heal you? And what did they say? They said what? Yes, Lord. Well, you would have thought he would have said, according to my power. Hello? According to what? You would have thought he would say that, but what did he say? According to your faith. He never, he never said according to my power. According to what? He didn't even say according to my desire. You see, he still put the honors on them. Hallelujah. According to what? Your faith. Be it unto you. Hallelujah. See, thank God for his power. But the faith is what connects you to his power to enable that power to get into you to do for you what you need God to do for you. Hallelujah. See, just same way we have power in the walls here. We have power bringing electricity through the conduit. But that switch, until that switch makes the connection to bring it to the Lord, you're not going to have any light. You're not going to have this place being cooled or anything like that. See, that, your faith is like that switch that needs to make the connection. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Are you still with me? Now, I want to bring something here which will really help you. And I trust that you will see some things here which would uh, uh, really, really help you. Uh, turn with me here to uh, Mark chapter 6. See, people, it, and that's the thing, when we think the way God thinks, then you can get the kind of results God wants you to get. But let me make a statement here. You know, Jesus prayed a lot and he'll pray all night and do different things. And I challenge you to go check it. When you check all through the ministry of Jesus, the Bible says he did so many mighty works that if they were compiled into volumes, scrolls, that the world itself will not be large enough to contain those volumes. But from what we do have, all through Jesus' ministry, you will not catch him anywhere praying for somebody to be healed. You're not. I say you will not. 
You go check it out. Let's start to check it out. Go check it out. Go through your gospel accounts. You're not catching praying for anybody to be healed. In fact, again and again, you hear him say, according to your faith, be it unto you. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. He was always speaking. He was always speaking. He was always speaking. Do you know your speaking is as powerful as your praying as well? See, where people have, oh, my speaking is just what God is listening to. My talking doesn't matter. He would say, according to your faith, be it unto you. The one place you see Jesus praying and ministering to somebody is at Lazarus' tomb. That's the one place in John 11. And right there, what's he saying? He says, Lord, I thank you. You hear me always. But for these people, I'm, I'm, I'm praying this. And then he turns to Lazarus. He doesn't pray. He says, Lazarus, come forth. Once again, he's speaking. Once again, he's speaking. In fact, you go even through the Acts of the Apostles to see how the disciples, the apostles did the work. They were always speaking too. They were always speaking too. Did you hear me? I said, the one place where you see Peter praying and ministering to somebody is while raising Dorcas from the dead. He knelt down and prayed. And after prayed, he turned to Dorcas. Tabitha, I said to you, arise, spoke. Hallelujah. Did you ever realize your speaking was powerful? Did you ever realize your speaking is controlling your life? Hello? Are you with me? Now, I want you to come here in Mark chapter 6. I'm laying a groundwork here which will really help us to see something here. In Mark chapter 6, from verse 1, then he went about from there and came to his own country. So Jesus came to his own country here. And his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many hearing him were astonished. Did you see once again, he went into the synagogue. What was he doing? Teaching. See, what's teaching? Instruction. It's his teaching, giving instruction on how to cooperate with God. For example, we, we are saved here today. Take it. Most of us are saved here today. Born again. But how do you get saved? God gives us instructions. We see what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. How do you get saved? You go, oh God, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. Save me, save me. No, you don't need to do that. You simply find out what he's done for you in Christ, isn't it? And then you receive it. See, instruction gets you in line to receive what he's done for you. Now, it tells us here, he was, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many hearing him were astonished saying, astonished saying, where did this man get these things and what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon and not his sisters here with us? So they were what? Offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country among his own relatives, and in his own house. So we are told, so he could do what? No mighty work there, except he laid his hand on a few sick people and healed them. Think about that. Jesus anointed with all the Holy Ghost and power. In fact, we are told he had the anointing without measure. And now was the anointing on him could not be increased went to his own hometown with the intention of healing and he couldn't. Hello? Didn't he have the power? But what happened? He couldn't. 
So I want to ask you a question. What happened to God can do anything whenever he wants to do it? I said, what happens to God can do anything whenever he wants to do it? He said, have you ever said that? Oh, let me tell you, this is what I believe. God can do anything whenever he wants to do it. You know, I one time I had somebody say that to me back when I was in a passion back in Canada. God can do anything whenever he wants to do it. I said, why doesn't he make you pay your tithes then? Why doesn't he make you pay your tithes? If God can do anything whenever he wants to do it. Well, why, why is everybody not saved today and in church this morning? Hello? The Bible already tells us he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to what? The saving knowledge of Jesus. Listen, we're told here, Jesus went there with the intention of doing what? Of healing, and we're told he could not do any mighty works there, even though he intended to do it. So that means God needs your cooperation to help you. Hello? I said, God needs your input, your cooperation to help you. In this case, Jesus went there to be a blessing. They had super community unbelief. Jesus couldn't do anything. <laughs> he couldn't do anything. And so, in fact, the Amplified Bible says, he laid his hands on a few sick people with minor ailments. So maybe people with sniffles. You know, like we say, catar or something. Maybe a small headache. No, not migraine. Couldn't be migraine. And even then, he couldn't speak to anybody and get them healed. He had to lay his hands on them. Why? Because the people said no. So imagine, with all the power he's got, he could not do anything. So that's why the teaching is important. To get people in line. In fact, people most of the time, instead of going about saying, oh, pray for me, pray for me, she say, please instruct me. Go to the word. Uh, uh, the word will show you. You know, kind of like uh, these days we have, uh, you know, GPS uh, system in your car. Isn't that true? Oh, yes. I mean, I, I, I love it so much. You know, you have, uh, it's just, uh, at times I have a problem with this woman in the car giving me an instruction. I like a man's voice. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, ah, drive down the road and everything. Make a right turn. Hello. Yeah, that GPS system will take you from where you are to where you want to go. That's exactly what this will do for you. You are sick, it will tell you how to get from where you are to being healed and whole, to being sound and well, to having your needs met. But you've got to follow the instructions. So right here we see he could do no mighty work there except he laid his hands on a few sick people and did what? And heal them. So what did Jesus do? You see, if it was all dependent on Jesus, Jesus Christ said, don't worry about it. I'm here, Jesus. You watch. I'll do this. Is that what he did? Talk to me. Is that what he did? Absolutely not. Look at what happens next, verse 6. He marveled because of their unbelief. I mean, Jesus Christ said, ah, my goodness. I came to bless these people, but ah, I've never seen this kind of monumental unbelief before. Yeah. See, he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit doing what? Teaching. See, to get them to cooperate with him. To give them instructions. So he began to go and teach and teach and teach and teach. So, you see, that's why he would go. And when he gets anywhere, he begins to teach people. And there are times the Spirit of God, don't get me wrong, will move and then just begin to heal. 
But that was usually not the norm. In fact, you get back here with me. Uh, we're right there in Luke chapter 5. Let's get back there in Luke chapter 5 and see something here. Let's get back there in Luke, Luke chapter 5. Did you see here? Listen now. Verse 17. And it happened on a certain day. He was doing what? Teaching. Did you hear that? In fact, look at verse 15. However, the report went around concerning him, uh, concerning him more and great, not just multitudes now, great multitudes. What happened? Came to do what? To hear and to be what? What were they hearing? What he was teaching, isn't it? See, people today, I see them. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I love to minister to sick people and all that. People in need. They just, they're just, oh, just, just zap me. Just pray for me and everything. They don't want to hear anything. Listen, the Bible puts the hearing before the healing, before receiving. They came, see, in our words, their desire to receive instruction came before what they wanted. Their healing. Said so they came to do what? Hear and to be healed. In fact, check here next door to Luke chapter 6. <laughs> this is kind of interesting. Luke chapter 6. Right here in Luke chapter 6 verse 17. It says, and he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples. That was Jesus. And a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, who did what? Who came to, listen now, they came to do what? And then to be what? Healed of their diseases. They came to hear and to be healed. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting? The Bible then tells us faith comes by what? Hearing. See, they came to hear. People don't realize when you have that desire to hear God's instructions, to listen and receive of what God's got for you, that's putting you on the path to receive what your heart's desires are. See, like I said, we're such a praying country, and that's good. Yeah, I mean, people are praying. If you walk out of this place, somebody's going to be praying for you, beggars too, and they want money as a result of it. Ah, people are going to be praying, oh God, do this for me, oh God, do this for me, and all that. But, listen, many times people are not praying correctly. And that's why we see here, they came to hear and then to be what? To be healed. See, there's a reason why the Holy Ghost is putting this there for us. There is a reason. You see, God is no respecter of persons and the Lord told me, taught me this. He said, listen, it's no respect to our persons. If you see anybody doing anything in the Bible and they're receiving, if you do the same things, you receive as well. You see, cancer is no different to God with a small headache. No, it's no different to cancer. But to people's minds, oh, cancer, oh, that big C word, oh, my goodness. Oh, lupus and all that. But you see, you need to receive instruction to realize Jesus bore all of your infirmities and bore all of your sicknesses, bore all of your poverty and your lack. Every need in your life that you need provided for today, it's already been supplied by your inheritance in Christ Jesus. It's already there. Hallelujah. 
You know, many times Jesus said to people, be healed. Just a few moments before, they couldn't be, they, they were not healed. They couldn't get up. In some cases, they maybe they had a withered hand. They couldn't do it. What happened? Tell you there's just something about when you hear the word of God. Hallelujah. I said there's just something about when you hear the word of God. And that word gets deep down into the core of your being. And reacts there. Hallelujah. Changes your thinking. Changes every trace of unbelief or doubt out of your system. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. There is power in that, in that word. When it penetrates your being. He said they came to hear. And to be what? And to be healed. And so one thing I found out. And I've proven this again and again. Once people have that attitude to want to receive instruction from God. Just like they will do with their GPS. What has God, what does God have for me? They can connect and be healed like that. See, it's not a big deal to be healed. If our healing is not the biggest issue with God, not at all. I say it's not. The Bible even calls it the children's bread. Hallelujah. I say the Bible calls it what? The children's bread. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In fact, I haven't said that as I was praying. The Spirit of God just ministered to me. Somebody that has kidney and liver issues here. Your healing is already taking place right now. Where you are. I say your healing is already taking place. Right there. Kidney, liver. I heard that. By the Spirit of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, uh, it's just so simple. Nothing is big. Nothing is big to the Lord. Absolutely. In fact, one of those days when I was preaching like that. And uh, in fact, uh, at another church preaching. And this, this man was scheduled to go for surgery. He said he had problems breathing. In fact, the wife said it was a major production for him to brush his teeth. You could hear him breathing, struggling for breath all over the house. But just by hearing instruction like this, I just said, I said, ah, somebody with a breathing issue, probably asthmatic or whatever, be healed. And that man just liked onto it. Didn't have to go for surgery. Surgery canceled. Doctor declared him healed. So it's nothing big to God. Hallelujah. You see, like what Jesus said to the blind man, do you believe I'm able to do this? They said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And just like that. See, most times people think, oh, the doctor has said, this has killed many people. Oh, the economy is so bad. Things are so, see, all of those things, because you're hearing that and it's negative, what it's doing is taking you on the direction of fear, doubt, and unbelief. But when you hear the truth of God's word, hallelujah. God has already seen your future. It's gone all the way to your future. And it's come back to you and told you, rejoice. Your days are blessed. Hallelujah. You will spend your years in prosperity and in great pleasure in his sight. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I know I've not gotten here to this crazy friends, but we're going to get there. Hallelujah. But let me leave this with you. Hallelujah. Because this is the, uh, we have another service right after this. Listen. When you hear the word of God, it deposits something divine of God on the inside of you. And your problems begin to look exactly the way they should look. They look small. See, when you hear so much about your problems, your problems begin to be so magnified. And your God looks so tiny. But the Bible tells us, magnify the Lord. Isn't that what it says? Magnify the Lord. In other words, when you magnify the Lord, the Lord looks to you the way he really should look to you. And your problems begin to look that small. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, let's all rise and give thanks to the Lord. To him be all the praise. Father, 
We thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. For what a great God that you are. What a great and mighty one that you are. Thank you, Lord Father.